the Lord said to Samuel, How long do you intend to mourn for Saul? I have rejected him as king over Israel. Fill your horn with olive oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse in Bethlehem. For I have selected a king for myself from among his sons. Samuel did what the Lord told him. When he arrived, he noticed Eliab and thought to himself, Surely here before the Lord stands his chosen king. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't be impressed by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. God does not view things the way men do. People look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse presented seven of his sons to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Is that all of the young men? Jesse replied, Well, there's still the youngest, but (laughs) he's taking care of the flock. Well, send and get him, for we cannot turn our attention to other things until he comes here. So Jesse had David brought in. Now he was ruddy, with attractive eyes and a handsome appearance. The Lord said to Samuel, Go and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn full of olive oil and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. The Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And from that day forward begins the truly epic story of David, the son of Jesse. I've been quoting to you from 1 Samuel, and I want to put the Scriptures on pause just for a moment to say good morning to you. It's a tremendous blessing to be with you. My name is Matthew Moore, and I'm a professional actor and director. I'm a faculty member at Cedarville University, where I know some of your young people are headed this coming week. I know you usually probably start with some awesome worship music, but you're stuck with me today for the next 35 minutes. And I'm going to be quoting to you selected portions from five books of the Old Testament to tell the story of King David, son of Jesse. I'm going to be quoting from First and Second Samuel, First Kings, First Chronicles, and the Psalms. And I hope to quote them to you in a way that reminds you that the Bible is full of real stories about real people who had real emotions. And many of them were followers of God, people of faith, and many, many were not. But we're going to look at the story of David, whose story covers more pages of Scripture than any other biblical character with the exception of Jesus. And so I'm leaving a tremendous amount out. Some of you look like you're old enough to remember Paul Harvey. And he used to say, for the rest of the story, right? For the rest of the story about King David, pick up the Scriptures for yourself and take a look. But what we do have are selected scenes, again, quoting from the Old Testament, to give us an overview of David's life from his anointing to his death. And while David was an extraordinary person, he was ordinary too. Beth Moore, no relation to me, has written a really great study about David, and she put it this way, There are so many qualities of David I wish I had, and just as many more I'm afraid I do have. And so it's my prayer that we all see ourselves in David's story today. Because in the next 35 minutes, you're going to hear plenty of examples of what to do and plenty of examples of what not to do. And someone who was helping me put together these scriptures asked me, do you think David's story is a tragedy? 
And to this day, I'm not 100% sure how to answer that question, except that the story is not just about David, it's about God. And it's not tragic because it's about God's faithfulness to David, even in the face of his own unfaithfulness to God. And so in that way, I hope that you're encouraged by the scriptures today. I hope that you, uh, we all raise our biblical literacy just a bit to know what happened to David. Most of us know about Goliath and Bathsheba, but what else happened to David during his life? I hope to maybe inspire you to memorize some scripture and uh, to look into the word of God for yourself and bring it into your heart. It's my prayer that just one phrase is for you today. That maybe one phrase you hear in the next 35 minutes will just sort of leap off the page and into your heart, into my heart, that we all might be changed today by hearing the word of God. So I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, everything I say is a direct quotation from the Old Testament using the New English translation and the NIV. Let's pray together. Father, I just thank you so much for this church, for these folk, Lord, for the pastor and their team. I thank you so much for the important place it has in this community. And Lord, I just pray that in the next few minutes, as we look at the life of David, that we will be reminded of who he was, but more importantly, reminded of who you are and your faithfulness to us, your love for us. Help us to be honest and open toward you as David was. And Lord, help us to be changed today by hearing your word. May the spirit of God, your spirit, uh, change us, wake us up, shake us up a little bit as we hear your word today in Jesus name. Amen. The Lord said, I have energized a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have discovered David, my servant, and with my holy oil, I have anointed him as king. My hand will support him. My arm will strengthen him. He will experience my faithfulness and loyal love. And by my name, he will be victorious. Saul and the army of the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah, where they arranged their battle lines to fight against the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were standing on one hill, and the Israelites were standing on another hill with the valley between them. And then a champion came out from the camp of the Philistines. His name was Goliath. He was from Gath. He stood over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and was wearing scale body armor, weighing 125 pounds. His spear was like a weaver's beam, and the iron point of his spear weighed 15 pounds. Goliath stood and called out to Israel's troops, Why do you come out to prepare for battle? Am I not the Philistine? Are you not the servants of Saul? Choose for yourselves a man that he may come down to me. For 40 days, the Philistine approached every morning and evening and took his position. Meanwhile, David got up early in the morning and entrusted his flock to someone else who would watch over it. After loading up, he went just as Jesse had instructed him. Now, when David arrived at the camp, he ran to the battlefront. Now, when David arrived, Goliath, the Philistine from Gath, was coming up from his battle lines. He spoke the way he usually did. David heard it, and David said to the men who were standing near him, Who is this Philistine that he defies the armies of the living God? Now, when David's words were overheard and reported to King Saul, Saul called for him. 
David said to King Saul, Don't let anyone be discouraged. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine, Saul said. (laughs) You aren't able to go against this Philistine and fight. You're only a boy. He has been a warrior since his youth. David said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, for he defies the armies of the living God. Saul said, go. May the Lord be with you. So David took his staff in his hand. He picked out five smooth stones from the stream, placed them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, took his sling in hand, and approached the Philistine. Now when Goliath looked carefully at David, he despised him, for he was only a handsome and ruddy boy. (laughs) Am I a dog that you are coming after me with sticks? But David said to the Philistine, You are coming against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I am coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel's armies. And all this assembly will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will deliver you into our hands. The Philistines steadily approached David to attack him, while David quickly ran to the battle line to attack the Philistine. David reached his hand into his pouch. He took out a stone. He slung it, striking the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank deeply into his forehead. And Goliath fell down with his face to the ground. David prevailed over the Philistine with just the sling and the stone. He didn't even have a sword in his hand. David ran and stood over the Philistine, grabbed Goliath's sword, drew it from his sheath, and cut off his head with it. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord protects my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies and adversaries attack me, they will stumble and fall. And now I will triumph over the enemies that surround me and shout for joy. Now when David returned from defeating the Philistines, Abner, the general in command of the army, took him before Saul. David still had the head of Goliath in his hands. Saul said, Whose son are you, young man? David said, I, oh, I am the son of your servant Jesse in Bethlehem. Now when David had finished talking with Saul, Saul's son Jonathan and David became bound together in close friendship. Jonathan loved David as much as he did his own life. He made a covenant with David. He took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with the rest of his gear, his sword, his bow, even his belt. Saul retained David on that day and did not allow him to return to his father's house. On every mission on which Saul sent him, David achieved success. So Saul appointed him over the men of war. And this pleased not only all the army, but also Saul's servants. Now, when the men arrived after David had returned from one of these missions, the women from all the cities in Israel came out singing and dancing to greet King Saul. The women who played the music sang... Saul has struck down his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. This made Saul very angry. 
And he thought to himself, they have attributed to David tens of thousands, but to me they have attributed only thousands. What does he lack except the kingdom? So Saul was keeping an eye on David from that day forward. The very next day, an evil spirit from the Lord rushed upon Saul. David was playing the harp that day. And there was a spear in Saul's hands and he threw it, thinking, I'll pin David to the wall. But David escaped. So Saul feared David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. Saul removed David from his presence. He made him a commanding officer. David led the army out to battle and back and David achieved success in all he did because the Lord was with him. So Saul sent messengers to David's house to guard it and to kill him in the morning. But David's wife, Michael, said to David, If you do not save yourself tonight, tomorrow you will be dead. And she lowered David out of a window and he ran away and escaped. Deliver me from my enemies, my God. Protect me from those who attack me, for look, they wait to ambush me. Powerful men stalk me, but not because I have sinned or rebelled, O Lord. Though I have done nothing wrong, they are anxious to attack. Spring into action and help me. Take notice of me. So David fled from Saul. He went to King Achish of Gath. When the servants of Achish saw David, they said, Isn't this David? The king of the land, isn't he the one they sing about when they dance, saying, Saul struck down his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. Now, when David heard what they were saying, he became very afraid of King Achish of Gath. So, <laughs> he altered his behavior in their presence. David pretended to be insane, making marks on the door to the gate, letting saliva run down his beard. When King Achish saw David, he said, Look at this madman. Why did you bring him to me? Do I have a shortage of fools that you have brought me this man to display his insanity in front of me? Should this man enter my house? So David left there and escaped to the cave at Adullam. Now David's brothers and the rest of his family, when they learned about it, they came to him. All those who were in trouble owed someone money or were discontent, gathered around David, and he became their leader. So David and his men, who numbered about 600, moved around from one place to another because Saul searched for them all of the time, but God did not deliver David into Saul's hands. David thought to himself, One of these days, I'm going to be swept away by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than to escape to the land of the Philistines. Then Saul will despair of searching for me through all the territory of Israel, and I will escape from his hand. So David got up and crossed over to King Achish of Gath, accompanied by his 600 men. When David found Achish, he said, If I have found favor with you, let me be given a place in one of your country towns that I may live there. Why should your servant settle here in the royal city with you? So Akish gave him Ziklag on that day. 
Now David and his men lived in Ziklag for one year and four months. And then the leaders of the Philistines gathered their troops for war in order to fight against Israel. So King Achish summoned David and said to him, You should fully understand that you and your men must go with me into this battle against Israel. David said, Well, that being the case, you will come to understand what your servant can do. Akish said, oh, then you will be my bodyguard from now on. So the leaders of the Philistines gathered their troops at Aphek while Israel camped in Jezreel. When the leaders of the Philistines were passing in review at the head of their units, David and his men were passing in review at the rear with Akish. But the leaders of the Philistines said, What about these Hebrews? Send a man back. Don't let him come with us into the battle. He may become our adversary in the battle. What better way to please his Lord than with the heads of our men? So King Achish summoned David again and said, As surely as the Lord lives, you are an honest man, but in the opinion of the leaders, you are not reliable. So turn and leave in peace. So David and his men got up early in the morning and returned to the land of the Philistines. Now on the third day, they came back to Ziklag. But the Amalekites had raided Ziklag. They attacked it. They burned it. They took captive the women who were in it, from the youngest to the oldest. They did not kill anyone. They simply carried them off and went on their way. So when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned. Their wives, sons, and daughters had been taken captive. Now David and the men who were with him wept bitterly until they could weep no longer. David's two wives had also been taken captive. Now David was very upset because the men were thinking of stoning him. Each man grieved bitterly over his sons and daughters, but David drew strength from the Lord his God. Lord, I come before you in prayer. My God, I trust in you. Please, don't let me be ashamed. Don't let my enemies triumph over me. Help me understand your ways. Teach me your paths. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Should I pursue the Amalekites? Will I overtake them? The Lord said, Pursue, for you will certainly overtake them. And carry out a rescue. So David went. Accompanied by his 600 men. They found the Amalekites spread out over the land. They were eating and drinking and enjoying themselves from all they had taken from the land of Judah and from the land of the Philistines. But David struck them down. From twilight until the following evening, none of them escaped. David retrieved everything the Amalekites had taken. He also rescued his two wives. David brought everything back. Now, when David returned from defeating the Amalekites, he stayed at Ziklag for two days. On the third day, a man arrived from the camp of Saul. His clothes were torn. There was dirt on his head. When the man saw David, he threw himself onto the ground. David said, where are you coming from? The man said, I have escaped from the camp of Israel, the people fled from the battle and many of them fell dead. 
even Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. When David heard these words, he grabbed his own clothes and tore them, as did all the men who were with him. They lamented and wept and fasted until evening because Saul, his son Jonathan, the Lord's people, the house of Israel, had fallen by the sword. Now Saul died because he was unfaithful to the Lord and did not obey the Lord's commandments. He even tried to conjure up underworld spirits. He did not seek the Lord's guidance, so the Lord killed him and transferred the kingdom to David, son of Jesse. David was 30 years old when he began to reign. King David and his men captured Jerusalem, the fortress of Zion. They lived in the fortress and they called it the city of David. David built all around it from the terrace inwards and David's power grew steadily because the Lord God who commands armies was with him. King David assembled all the best men in Israel, about 30,000 in number. They traveled to Bala in Judah to bring up from there the Ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned between the cherubim that are on it. They loaded the Ark of God on a new cart and brought it up from the house of Obedidom, the Gittite. Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, were guiding the new cart while David and all Israel were energetically celebrating before the Lord, playing various stringed instruments, tambourines, rattles, and cymbals, when they reached the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah reached up and grabbed hold of the ark of God because the oxen stumbled. But the Lord was so furious with Uzzah, he killed him on the spot because of his negligence. Uzzah died right there beside the ark of God. Well, then David was no longer willing to bring the ark of God to be with him in the house of David. So he left it in the house of Obedidom, the Gittite. And the Lord blessed Obedidom and all his family. But David gathered together the priests and the Levites. And he said to them, You are the leaders of the Levites' families. The first time you did not carry the ark, which is why the Lord God attacked us. Because we did not ask him the proper way to carry it. So the priests and the Levites consecrated themselves to bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel. The descendants of Levi carried the ark on their shoulders with poles, just as Moses had ordered, according to the divine command. So now, David and the leaders of Israel brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedidom with celebration. <laughs> David, wearing a linen ephod, was dancing with all his strength before the Lord. David and all Israel brought up the ark of God, shouting and blowing trumpets. David committed this song of thanks to the Lord on that day. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Make known His accomplishments among the nations. Sing to the Lord. Make music to Him. Remember. Remember. Remember continually His covenantal decree. 
The promise He made to a thousand generations. The promise He made to Abraham. The promise He made by oath to Isaac. He gave it to Jacob as a decree, to his people as a lasting promise, saying to you, I give Canaan as a portion of your inheritance. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his accomplishments among the nations. May the Lord God of Israel be praised now and forevermore. Now, when the ark of God entered the city of David, David's wife, Michael, looked out of the window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him. But David said to Michael, it was before the Lord. I was celebrating before the Lord who chose me over your father and the rest of his family to be king over Israel, I am willing to shame and humiliate myself even more than this. Later, King David defeated the Philistines and subdued them. He defeated the Moabites. He defeated King Hadadezer of Zobah. The Arameans of Damascus came to help King Hadadezer of Zobah, and David defeated 22,000 of the Arameans. The Lord protected David wherever he campaigned, and David reigned over all Israel, doing what was right and just for all his people. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go off to war, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed and was walking around on the roof of his palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. Now, this woman was very attractive. So David sent a messenger to inquire about the woman. The messenger returned and said, It's Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. So David sent some messengers to her and he, he took her. She came to him and he slept with her and then she returned to her home. Bathsheba conceived and sent word to David saying, I'm pregnant. So David sent a message to Joab, the general in command of the army, and in the message he wrote, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When Uriah came to David, David asked Uriah about how Joab and the army were doing, how the campaign was going. David said, Uriah, go down to your home and uh, relax. But Uriah stayed at the door to the palace with all the servants of his Lord. He did not go down to his own house. So David summoned him. He ate with him and drank with him and got Uriah drunk 
But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his bed with all the servants of his Lord. He did not go down to his own house. In the morning, David wrote a letter and sent it to Joab. He sent it with Uriah. And in the letter he wrote, Station Uriah in the thick of the battle and then withdraw from him so he will be cut down and killed. So as Joab kept watch over the city, he stationed Uriah where he knew the best enemy soldiers were. When the men of the city came out and fought with Joab, some of David's soldiers fell in battle. Uriah the Hittite also died. When Bathsheba learned that her husband Uriah was dead, she mourned for him. When the time of mourning had passed, David had her brought to the palace. She became his wife. She bore him a child. But what David had done grieved the Lord. So the Lord sent Nathan the prophet to David. When Nathan came to David, he said, There were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. Now, the rich man had a great many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except for a little lamb he had acquired. He raised it and it grew up alongside of him and his children. It used to eat his food, drink from his cups, sleep in his arms. It was just like a, a daughter to him. One day a traveler came to visit the rich man, but the rich man did not want to use one of his own sheep or cattle to feed the traveler, so he took the poor man's lamb and cooked it in order to feed the traveler who had come to visit him. David said, Well, surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. Because he committed this crime, he must pay for that lamb four times over. Nathan said, You, you are that man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I chose you to be king over Israel. I rescued you from the hand of Saul. I gave you your master's house. I put your master's wives into your arms. I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if all that seems somehow insignificant... I would have given you so much more as well. Why have you shown contempt for the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his sight? You have struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword. You have taken his wife as your own. You have struck him with the sword of the Ammonites. And now the sword will never depart from your house. This is what the Lord God of Israel says. I am about to bring disaster on you from inside your own household. And although you have acted in secret, I will do this thing before all Israel and in broad daylight. David said, I have sinned. I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said, yes. And the Lord has forgiven your sin. You are not going to die. But because you treated the Lord with such contempt in this manner, the son who has been born to you will surely die. The Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had born to David. And the child became very ill. David prayed to the Lord that he fasted 
He would even spend the night lying on the ground. The elders of the house came and stood over him. They tried to lift him from the ground, but David refused. He was unwilling to eat. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your loyal love, because of your great compassion. Wipe away my rebellious acts against you. You above all I have sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. Sprinkle me with water and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Grant me the ultimate joy of being forgiven and may the bones you've crushed rejoice. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Rescue me from the guilt of murder, O God. The God who delivers me. On the seventh day, the child died. So David got up from the ground. He changed his clothes. He put on oil. He went to the house of the Lord and he worshipped. David comforted Bathsheba and she bore him a son. David named the boy Solomon, and the Lord loved the child. Sometime later, David's son Absalom managed to acquire a chariot, horses, and 50 men to serve as his royal guard. Now, everyone in Israel acknowledged that there was no man as handsome as Absalom. From the sole of his feet to the top of his head, he was perfect in appearance. When he used to shave his head, at the end of every year, he used to shave his head because his hair would grow too long and he would shave it. He used to weigh the weight of the hair of his head at three pounds, according to the king's weight. Now, Absalom used to get up early in the morning and stand beside the road that led to the city gate. Whenever anyone came by who had a complaint to bring to the king for justice, Absalom would call out and say, look, look. Your claims are legitimate and appropriate, but there is no representative of a king who will listen to you. If only they would make me a judge in the land, and anyone who had a complaint could come to me. I would make sure he receives a just settlement. When anyone came to bow before Absalom, Absalom would extend his hand and embrace him and kiss him. Absalom acted this way toward everyone who came to the king for justice. And in this way, he won the loyalty of the citizens of Israel. After four years, this conspiracy was gaining momentum and the people were starting to side with Absalom. And then a messenger came to King David and reported, the men of Israel are loyal to Absalom. So King David said to all the servants who were with him in Jerusalem, Come, come, let's escape. Otherwise, no one will be spared from Absalom. Go immediately, or else he will quickly overtake us and he will bring disaster on us. So King David and all the members of the royal court set out on foot as David was climbing the Mount of Olives. He was weeping as he went. How numerous are my enemies? Lord, how many attack me? How many say about me, God will not deliver him, but you, O oh Lord, are a shield about me. You are my glory. You are the lifter of my head. Rise up, Lord. Deliver me, my God. 
David assembled the army that was with him. He appointed leaders of hundreds and leaders of thousands, and he sent out the army to fight against Israel. The battle was fought in the forest of Ephraim, and the army of the Israelites was defeated there by David's men. The slaughter was great that day. 20,000 soldiers were killed. And then Absalom happened to come across some of David's men. Now, the mule that Absalom was riding went under the branches of a large oak tree and Absalom got his hair caught in the branches of the oak tree and he was suspended in midair while the mule he had been riding kept going. Some of the men saw this and they reported it to Joab, the general in command of the army. Joab took three spears in his hand and thrust them into the middle of Absalom while he was still alive, hanging in the middle of the oak. When King David learned this, he became very upset and he went to the upper gate above the city and as he went, he said, My son Absalom, my son, my son, I should have died in your place. My son Absalom, my son. My son. King David returned to his palace in Jerusalem. Later, there was another battle between the Israelites and the Philistines. King David went down with his soldiers to fight against the Philistines, but he became exhausted. And his men took an oath that day, saying, You will not come with us again into battle. You must not extinguish the lamp of Israel. Later, there was another battle against the Philistines. Yet another battle occurred in Gath. Yet another battle occurred in Gob. And then Satan opposed Israel, inciting David to count how many warriors Israel had. So King David said to Joab, the general in command of the army, Go through all the tribes from Dan to Beersheba and muster the army so that I may know the size of it. So they went through all the land and returned to Jerusalem. Joab reported the number of warriors to the king. In Israel, there were 800,000 sword-wielding warriors. And in Judah, 500,000 soldiers. But David felt guilty after he had numbered the army. And he said to the Lord, Lord, I, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Please, Remove the guilt of your servant, for, for I have acted very foolishly. But the Lord sent a plague throughout all Israel from the morning until the completion of the appointed time. Seventy thousand men died from Dan to Beersheba. And then the Lord sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. David looked up and he saw that angel standing between the earth and the sky with his sword drawn, stretched out over the city. And David said, look, look. It is I who have sinned and done these evil things. As for these sheep, what have they done? Attack me and my family. So Gad, the prophet, came to David that day and instructed him to build an altar for the Lord on the threshing floor of Araunah the Jebusite. David did exactly as Gad instructed him to do. He built an altar for the Lord and he offered burnt offerings and peace sacrifices and the Lord accepted his prayers for the land. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want.
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When David was getting old and approaching the end of his life, he gathered together all the officials of Israel in Jerusalem. King David rose to his feet that day and he said, Listen to me, my brothers and my people. I wanted to build a temple where the ark of God could be placed as a footstool for our Lord, but I have made preparations for building it, but the Lord said to me, You may not build a temple in my name, for you are a warrior and have shed blood. The Lord God of Israel chose me out of my father's entire family to be king over Israel and to give me a permanent dynasty. And of all the many sons the Lord has given me, he chose Solomon, my son, to rule on his behalf over Israel. So now, in sight of this assembly, all Israel, and in the hearing of our God, I say this, carefully observe all the commands of the Lord your God, that you may inhabit this great land and leave it as a permanent inheritance for your children after you. And Solomon, my son, obey the God of your father. Serve Him with a willing attitude and a submissive spirit. Realize now, the Lord has chosen you to build a temple as His sanctuary. Be strong and do it. O oh Lord God of our Father Israel, You deserve praise forevermore. You are mighty, majestic, magnificent, and glorious over all the earth and sky. You have dominion and exalt Yourself as ruler of all. Praise the Lord your God. And the entire assembly praised the Lord God of their ancestors. They bowed down and stretched out flat on the ground before the Lord and their King. The next day they held a feast and celebrated before the Lord. And they chose Solomon, David's son, to be king. Then David passed away and was buried in the city of David. David, son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel for 40 years. He died at a good old age, having enjoyed long life wealth and honor. His son Solomon succeeded him. King David's accomplishments from start to finish are recorded in the annals of Samuel the prophet, Gad the prophet, and Nathan the prophet. Recorded there are all the facts about his reign and his accomplishments and an account of the events that surrounded him, Israel, and all the neighboring kingdoms. Amen.